Hey everyone, thank you for attending this call. So today we have the amazing coach Oled Tkach with us. He will be bringing you the topic dominating the market with realtors, refis, and team. Um, if you have any questions during this um, presentation, please just put it in the Q&A box and I'll be reading them off to him. All right, Oled, take it away. Hey guys, by the way, uh, can everybody see me? We cannot see Oleg. Okay. Um, it says my, let me just, I just enabled video and enabled audio. Um, I don't know why it's not, I don't know why the webcam isn't working. Um, I don't know if it's important for you guys to see me or not, but Um, I don't know how to fix that. I'm all. Yeah, I would just continue you know. right now with the um without of the audio, and then that way we can get into it. Um, and then because if we send the recording, um, they won't see you anyway, so it might work out in the long run. So. Well, my, my my video is enabled, and so anyway, uh, and there's nothing covering my webcam. It's on. Everything is on. Um, so. Unless there's something else that I need to do, otherwise I can just start with my presentation. Uh, you let me know. Yeah, I would just go ahead and start with it because I'm not sure why. Um, it's just been having weird technical difficulties. So we'll just go ahead and start for now and just get things going. Yeah. Okay. So, guys, I, I apologize for the technical difficulties. We've been trying to get on for a little bit. I don't know if it's a blue jeans thing or, or something from my end, but – First time I've had my camera enabled and it doesn't work. Um, I, I, I see some people said it would be great to see you. I, I agree. I dressed up for everybody, so I think it would be great to see me as well. But anyway, with that said, um, we'll just go ahead and uh, keep going. Um, so the biggest thing that I want to talk about, and I think that all of us right now, especially, especially the lenders, um, you know, we're, we're in very unnormal times. Um, like, I don't care what your numbers are right now. It's not normal. Um, when you look at what environment that we're in right now and you look at the current interest rates and everything else, um, I think the one thing that I keep telling myself is don't let it get to your head. You're not that good. The volume is not normal. And I think the biggest thing that comes up after that because everybody's having a record month or a record, you know, start to their year. And I think it's going to continue. I mean, ultimately, will it continue till the election? Most likely, yes. Well, what's going to happen after that? I think it's uh, uh, up in the air. But with that said, um, I think that uh, the biggest thing that you want to ask yourself um, is, you know, are you playing great defense right now? I think more than ever, you know, what's going through my mind is, you know, one is don't let it get to your head. Like, you're not that good. Any Anybody right now that has, it doesn't matter what your year is going to look like, there's going to be an asterisk next to it because literally 90% of homeowners could refinance right now and it makes sense for them. And so, I mean, based on those figures, um, your numbers are not normal. We've never seen a time like this. So it, it like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. This is a off year completely to your advantage. So let's talk about what we can do right now, which in my opinion, um, the, the best thing to do is uh, play the best defense. And I think that uh, if you're not thinking about, if you're only thinking about offense, I think there's a lot of different things along the way that could that could potentially destroy your team and your business. And I think that even though we have the most opportunity, more opportunity right now than ever, I think that at the same time, too, we have more, uh, I don't know if you want to call them uh, ticking time bombs. Um, I think we, we have more risk to ourselves in the way we operate. And what I mean by the way we operate, if you think about us in the core compared to, you know, your typical originators, we have large teams or we have, some, you know, a team of some sort. And so when you look at your team and you look at your operation and, you know, typically we are the, 
um, you know, we're the lead uh, generator and, uh, you know, we're responsible for bringing the leads in. Our team is responsible for cl- for closing the leads. When you look at just overall our operation, a lot of people are missing uh, the, the biggest point and the biggest challenge is you could uh, self-destruct your team at this point. And I think playing defense right now is more important than ever. It's something that's constantly in my mind. And, and, and that's what I want to talk about today in our call is uh, three different uh, categories that you have to play the best defense that you've ever played in for a couple different reasons. One, so that way you could close as many loans as you can. Uh, the second reason is uh, that way you could keep yourself sane. I think a lot of us right now, especially, um, have been working more hours than we ever thought we were going to work. And at the same time, um, probably have, uh, when you look at other areas of our lives, like health, uh, um, you know, and, and our family life and our friendships. And, and you know, when we, we talk about the wheel of life and the core, a lot of our uh, other categories other than work have definitely been affected by everything that's going on in the market. And so I think, uh, you know, that's the second part is protecting yourself. And I think the last part is protecting your future business. You know, we as lenders, it's really, really easy, especially right now, to get caught up in the in the refi boom, which, don't get me wrong, I think every single one of you needs to take, you know, a, a, a major advantage of your, your refis and your clients that you've worked, uh, worked up service up until this point. But at the same time, too, these times will pass. Knowing these times will pass. We got to make sure that we're still doing the right things in order to protect our purchase business in the future, which ultimately protects our team and keeps our team going. So those are the three categories that I'm going to talk about in what I what I feel like right now is the time to play the best defense that you could ever play um, in order to maximize your uh, closings, uh, protect your team, protect yourself. And ultimately, long-term, protect your business, which means really staying in the game with real estate agents, which most of us, me included, um, have have really, um, I don't want to say abandoned, but, you know, haven't been really nurturing the way we normally nurture it in the core. So with that said, I'm going to go through three of the uh, three different uh, sections here. At each point, I will stop for a few questions, and we'll just keep moving because I do want to get want to cover everything. Um, so first and foremost, I think the key is protecting yourself. And you know, one question that I always ask myself when, when I think about this is a simple question that you guys should always ask yourselves: Is I am my best win? Okay, write that down. I am my best win. Okay? I just want you guys to start picturing yourself day to day. And I think a lot of people don't realize how much everything that happens outside of the office, whether it has to do with sleep, diet, exercise, everything else affects them when they're inside the office. Okay? And so when you ask that question, I am my best win, you have to answer it in, in in a couple different ways. One is, how much sleep do you need, realistically, right? And if the answer, like, for some people, they could go off five hours, and that's great, and that's phenomenal. Like, me personally, I need, I need seven or eight. If I don't get seven or eight, I realize that I'm different during the day. My team notices. If my team notices, do you think my clients will notice? Absolutely. Do you think my agents will notice? For sure. And a lot of people don't realize how important, you know, it, it is to your conversion ratio when you are at your best. And I think more than anything, when you look at what happened with coronavirus and most states had stay-home orders, I think a lot of us, really, our schedules got completely screwed up. Not only our schedules, but our diet, our exercise and everything else with it. And so we don't realize, but a lot of these little changes that have happened over the last few months have affected who we are as individuals. On top of that, 
when you think about how much volume we all are receiving right now, which again, not normal. So don't let it get you to your head. You're, you're not that good. I'm not that good. No one is. It's just right now. It's, 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 it's the one time in history. It's never been such a great time to be a loan officer in the history of the business. Like this is not normal. So again, how much have, you know, how, how much, how, how much has sleep, diet, exercise affected us and who we are? And the reason why that's really, really important is because you got to remember that your clients, your agents, your team, they love you for who you are. And who you are might have been a little different, you know, pre-coronavirus. And maybe it's not like that for everybody, but there has been a lot of people, and I've seen changes in a lot of my students, where because of, you know, how everything just got completely, you know, turned around in our business and everything else and additional, you know, guidelines and, and so on and, and people just knocking down the door and we can't service them. People have really changed the way they respond to clientele, agents and their team. And I think that's, that's something that we all have to realize is a major, um, you know, danger to our business. Because it's really, really easy during these phenomenal times to screw up something that you guys have been working on building for the past five, seven, ten years possibly. Okay. So you got to ask yourself, how much sleep do you really need? And make sure that you are, you know, taking care of yourself. The second thing is, you know, do, are you on a diet? And, you know, what are you putting into your body? And I think a lot of people, when times get really, really busy, they overlook this, and I don't think they realize how important it is for them to eat clean and, uh, you know, maintain their energy levels and stay at their best because it ultimately affects everything around them, agents, team, clients. And then, and then the last part is exercise. Um, with a lot of gyms being closed, a lot of people, that went out the window. And the question is, if it went out the window for you like it did for me, what are you doing to offset that? You know, have you made adjustments and so forth? And a lot of you have, but a lot of you haven't. And for you, it's like, yeah, you know what? Um, this was short term, but now we're going on three months and it's starting to really have an impact on me. Um, the, the, the next question that I ask myself versus, you know, when I look at protecting myself and who I am with my team, my agents, my clients is, you know, am I the tipping point one way or another? Am I the tipping point one way or another? And you got to ask yourself this question and be brutally honest. And what that looks like to me is this. Right now, if you think about it and just, just picture yourself as a team uh, member to you, specifically an LP2. One is we know, let, let's face it, for most LP2s, you have more files than you've ever had. Okay. The second part is you have, um, you know, a lot of them have longer turn times. You have additional um, conditions due to COVID. Um, you have a lot more, you know, challenging scenarios with people possibly not being employed during COVID and so forth. And so ultimately, whatever you're used to, whatever your capacity is, you're probably way past your breaking point. And so what I mean by being the tipping point, you got to put yourself in their um, shoes and, and, and you got to understand and kind of view the world from their end. They're not wired like us. And the reason why they're not wired like us is because I think all salespeople are a little crazy. I think people that will go out and do a job that has no guarantee in pay and that's all performance based and that has a failure rate of, you know, what is it, 88% in the first two years, I think that if you're willing to take on that challenge, most of you guys are not normal. I'm not saying normal is good, but the fact of the matter is most of you guys are not. Our team members are, though. And for them, they're wired differently. And too many times, we see everything from our point of view. And when we see everything from our point of view, the danger in that is we can't relate to them and they can't relate to us. And a lot of times when when I say don't be the tipping point, you know, to your team, 
um, what, and, and are you the tipping point to your team one way or another? The question, you know, the question that comes to mind is, am I having a negative impact on my team or a positive Im- impact on my team? Which I'll, I'll, I'll cover protecting your team, uh, which is going to be the, the next category that I want to cover. But I ask myself that question because imagine this. You're an LP2, stressed out agents because some of them have not had deals for, for a while. Clients that are, you know, now all of a sudden, a lot of them have, you know, uh, various, uh, uh, you know, unique employment scenarios with, with COVID and everything else. And now all of a sudden they're working on way more files, which means that they're spending way less time on each file. And all of a sudden it's a super high stress situation. They bring it to you. Things are not going as well. Are you the person that gets frustrated and pushes them over the edge? And, and it's that, like, you know, it's kind of like that situation. It's like, you know, why are we finding out about this now? Why are we missing the closing day? Why are the real estate agents upset? And your team has worked, you know, their tails off getting to that point. A lot of people don't realize, even though they feel like they're protecting their agents and their clients, now all of a sudden their team feels like we're super ungrateful. All we care about is the numbers and nothing is ever good enough. And what we don't realize is the emotional impact that has on your team long term. And the key to remember right now is that your team members have more options than they ever had. And you have people like me and other big producers that are out there recruiting your team members. And my team members are being recruited as well. Don't get me wrong. The point is, is, does your team member feel like you have their back, that they're safe, that you're going to go to war for them, not against them? And if the answer is no, I guarantee you guys, and I think a lot of you don't realize, um, a lot of your team members might be looking. And the last thing that you want to do in an environment like this is be the tipping point where your team member doesn't feel like you have your, you have their back, doesn't feel safe, doesn't feel like they're supported, and now all of a sudden they're looking elsewhere because at the end of the day, they were not wired like us, right? So, uh, protecting yourself, me, you know, and, and making sure that you get the right amount of sleep, the diet, the exercise, making sure that you're the best that you can be, has a huge impact on how you treat your team as well, which then has a huge impact long term whether they stay with you or not. And believe me, that's that's something that's going to hit a lot of people really hard over the next 30, 60, 90 days as they realize their team members are beyond burnout and are looking. And a lot of people don't realize that's what's happening to them right now. So uh, just something to keep in mind. Um, next, I think, is uh, having – a uh, vacation or a release, you know, something that you do that's a release valve to you. Uh, And I think that right now, a lot of us could agree we've worked harder than ever. We've worked more hours than ever. We've been involved in more scenarios than we've ever been involved in. And if you don't have something that's outside of the office, that's getting you back into that neutral mindset, which I think is super important, is being neutral, not over positive or or too negative, but looking at everything from a very, very neutral standpoint, which one book that I'd recommend that everybody reads, um, which is which is something that, uh, you know, a book that I came across recently that's really helped me and, you know, my mindset on, uh, you know, just with everything going on and the way I respond to everything is a, a book called It Takes What It Takes. And um, let me just check who wrote the book. Um, anyway, it's a sports book. Um, I think that it's, uh, it, it, you know, the, the whole idea behind the book um, is that you don't want to be over optimistic about something and super positive And when things are going bad, just being all, all over the top, that things would just automatically get great. At the same time, too, you don't want to be super negative. And it talks about how negativity affects you short term and long term. But but the, but it, it it goes into the um, uh, into the uh, mindset that you know neutral thinking, looking everything, looking at everything, your scenario, looking at 
um, your, you know, your situation for what it is from a neutral standpoint is the quickest way to find an out and, and, and the best way to find the proper solution. And so, uh, it's by Trevor Moet, um, M-O-A-W-A-D. And so get the book, phenomenal book, great, you know, something definitely you want to, I think it's more relevant now than ever, uh, because I think a lot of us let our emotions get the best of us when we're either overwhelmed or we have too much business or we don't have enough business. In our current market, we have too much business. Um, at the same time, too, there will come a time, just like we saw at the end of 2017 and beginning of 18, where we didn't have enough business. And so I think being neutral is the key. So anyway, um, that's the first part of my presentation is to to focus on yourself, protect yourself, and be the best that you can be in this environment. The second part will be protecting your team. So I just want to uh, open it up for any questions. Uh, we'll maybe take one or two, and then I'll get on to uh, the team part of it. All right. So, so if anybody has a question, go ahead and just uh, type it in. We had um, two um, to start out with. So Carl Cobbler would like to know, Oleg, what tactics are you using to establish new relationships with your realtors without being able to see them face-to-face? -face? Okay, that's a great one. Um, the, the third part of uh, my presentation is to, be, is, uh, to protect your future business, um, which is specifically real estate agents. Um, so I'll, I'll answer this r right now. Um, is, uh, you know, Zoom meetings. I mean, at the end of the day, as weird a, as it is, um, I, I would say instead of being on the phone with them, just say, hey, let's just do a quick Zoom call. I'd love to, see, you know, put a face to the name and get to know you a little bit better. And, you know, and I think most agents right now, they've had enough Zoom meetings with their clientele where I've never had any pushback from that. So absolutely went to Zoom meetings. Now, our state and every state is different. As of uh, this weekend, now all of a sudden restaurants are open again. And so we're back to our normal face-to-face -face and we're scheduling face-to-faces again. But up until this point, it's been Zoom meetings. So if you're in, a, if you're in an area where um, you're still uh, on a lockdown, absolutely um, try Zoom meetings. It's awkward for the first two, I ain't, I'm not gonna lie. It's just different. But it's it's no different than that first time you met you 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 know you met an agent for the first time, and it was different at that point as well. So it's just a little different. But once you get past it, it's just like being face to face with them. All right, and the other two questions we have right now are both about teams. So we have one from Eric Maya asking, how do you handle team members that do not want to work overtime right now? Okay, that's, uh, that's a good one. So, Eric, um, I think that you have to look at, well, first off, you can't force them to work overtime. So, if, if, um, if somebody absolutely does not want to work overtime, I think the right answer is that, um, you, 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 you make your peace with it. Now, at the same time, too, you have to have a culture, and I think this is huge, where your team members want to win. And what I mean by that is everybody knows that they have to show up and do whatever it takes to win as a team. Um, I, you know, I like to look at my team as a sports team, just like a basketball team or a football team. And I think that, you know, in this situation right now, you have to look at your team members and ask yourself, long term, is this somebody I want on my team? Um, I think most team members are realizing what's going on and they don't want to put their other team members down. And there's a lot of people that are working overtime. Now, at the same time, too, some people have unique scenarios. And you got to remember, Eric, not everybody's wired like us. And so some people have unique scenarios where they have kids and for them, it's super important to be there. And I, we can't fault them for that, right? If that's the case, and that's the, you know, that's the reasoning behind it, then what you have to do, Eric, as, as a, you know, as somebody that leads the team is you got to figure out a way to get more people in there quick. So 
Meaning if you need temporary overtime and you talk to your team member and you say, look, we're hiring, we're, we're, we're searching like crazy, I'm doing A, B, and C, I know you don't want to work overtime, I know it's super important to you for what you got going on with your family and everything else, however, is there any way you could find an additional you know, five, ten hours a week until we get this person. I think that you'll you'll realize that when a lot of people realize it's short term and you're trying and you're getting people in and you're you're, you're interviewing, I think they're going to be a lot more open to um to working you know overtime short term. What a lot of team members are afraid uh, about is is this going to be a permanent long term thing? Again, they're not wired like this like us so you got to remember that but if it's somebody that just all of a sudden doesn't want to be a team player and they care less and you know their pay isn't affected uh much and they're just they're just like whatever um that's a different situation where you might want to look at that person don't don't get me wrong the last thing you want to do right now is let anybody go like if anybody is letting somebody go right now like you're crazy in my opinion um but at the same time, too, long term, the question is, do you really feel like that team member, if they have the ability to work overtime, they just doesn't, they don't want to for, you know, no other reason other than they just don't want to, then most likely long term, you have somebody that might not fit if you're trying to build that championship team. And I think that's something, too, you got to think about when you, when you evaluate everybody that have, that you have on your team. And I think one thing that comes to mind, is the recent uh, documentary that we've all been watching on Michael Jordan. Like, Michael Jordan wouldn't be able to do it without all his teammates, period. It's just, at the end of the day, even if you're a Michael Jordan at originating, if you don't have a phenomenal team, if you don't have your Scottie Pippins, your Dennis Rodmans, your Steve Kerrs, you're not going to win um, long-term, period. You might have a couple good days, but long-term, it's going to work against you. And so I think everybody in the core, when you get into the core, for most people, the goal is to be in that top 10. And being in the top 10 is absolutely something that's not only, um, you know, an extreme accomplishment, but just is a, you know, showcase to how well you run your team. Not you, your team, because there's no way we could do the volume without them. And I think too many people don't give their team enough credit. Um, and that's actually my next part that I wanted to get, get into, and I'll just keep going with it, is we have to protect our team. Like, you don't realize how important right now it is for you to protect your team. And how do you do that? Well, I think there's a couple things that come to mind, a couple things that I started doing. Um, number one is you have to say no to a certain loans. Here's the deal, guys. Low FICO credit repair clients, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to, like, you know, have anybody get discouraged or, or, or feel like they're not, you know, that they might have a, a, a larger purpose where they want everybody to be a homeowner. Here's the deal. When you put in tough deals right now, which every, every lender out there has stricter guidelines, um, just with COVID and everything else going on in the secondary market and, and, uh, servicers not wanting to purchase certain loans and everything else. When you put that on your team, even though you're trying to help the client, which again, we're talking about a short-term, unreal market that we're in right now. What a lot of people don't realize is you say yes to them, and that's easy for you because your team has to deal with it. Okay? Just remember that. You say yes to that client, but your team has to get it to that finish line. And it's really unfair with how much volume there is right now. And so I think more important than ever, if you want to have a not only a positive team culture, but at the same time, too, go farther, do more loans. If that's your purpose, which for some people, it's you know, they don't care about that. They just want to help as many people as they can. 
But regardless, the point is, is you have to say no to certain loans. And, and if you are taking on very challenging loans and you don't have the capacity, it's not fair to your team that you keep taking them on. So either one, you're going to start turning down people because you've reached your capacity and you have to know what your true capacity is so that way you don't go to the breaking point. Or two, you have to start saying no to the tougher deals because there's so many clean deals out there. And believe me, if your ratio with your team isn't 75% clean, easy, you know, in, in our world, in the mortgage world, easy. I mean, no loan is easy, but still in the mortgage world, easy. If it's not 75% easy, 25% hard. If it's flip-flop where it's 75% tough deals, 25% easy deals, guarantee you, again, your team is wired differently that you're going to burn your team out, they're going to look elsewhere, and they will leave. And you can't blame them. And if you're blaming blaming them for leaving, that's poor leadership. And a lot of people, and especially in the mortgage world, the problem that we all have is we're yes men. This is the time to start saying no. If you're still doing rehab loans right now, you're crazy. If you're doing credit repair, challenging, tough deals right now, when you have an unlimited amount of people that could go get that you could refinance that are refinancing with other lenders that are that are you know appraisal waivers and everything else, like I said, unless your goal and your mission in life and your purpose is to help people that are in really rough situations find home home ownership, unless it's your passion and your goal, which still you you have a cap. That unless that's your goal, you need to protect your team. It's un, it's so unfair to them to just overload them with tough deals and expect perfection. I mean, at the end of the day, I just think that that's just that's that's like like that that should that should piss your team off and they should leave. I'm sorry, but they should. And if you don't see it, then the reality check is coming. Uh, the second thing is. Um, and I hate to be so blunt, but it's the truth. Uh, the second thing is you got to quote longer term times with pre-approvals, you know, with refi quotes, with closing dates. Again, the problem that we have in our industries where people pleasers and we're yes men and we're salespeople and we realize they have an other option. So a lot of times, you know, we promise them everything and the fact that we're going to take them to the zoo, like literally, like it's, it's bad. And, I'm guilty of it. But again, going back to it and realizing the scenario that we're in and realizing the environment that we're in, I started, I came together with my team and I said, hey, look, here's the deal, guys. I want to protect you guys. And I realize what's going on in our industry. So until further notice, we're not going to do, um, you know, super challenging files. And this is what it looks like. There's going to be no, um, rehab loans. There's not going to be any loans with the lender holdbacks. There's not going to be any loans where we're trying to repair and save a client and everything else uh, uh, with credit. There's not. We're not going to take loans where we're hoping and praying it's going to figure, you know, it's going to get through underwriting. Like our prequel team is going to be more strict. And why are they going to be more strict? Because of the reality of COVID. Like it's the truth. Like then the day, Guidelines have tightened, and we're not going to be the yes people. We do it all. We service all. We because at the end of the day, it's not fair to them, and because you're not taking care of that client that needs it, you, and you think that you're saying yes to one loan, you're saying no to five loans that your team will love you for, that are appraisal waivers, quick refis, and everything else. So, like I said, um. You gotta ju- you gotta you gotta look at your team and you gotta realize where you are and what kind of clientele you're working with, but definitely you wanna protect them by saying no and quoting longer turn times. Um the next thing is hiring. Like if you think you need one person, you need two. If you think you need one person, you need two. And what that looks like, because we all don't have time to hire, is Hire a recruiting company. Hire three recruiting companies. It doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is have post-job ads everywhere. 
higher recruiting companies. I know in the core, the big push, uh, uh, you know, a couple of years ago was having a virtual bench and we all kind of went away from that, but you should be in straight hiring mode right now. And I, I realize that right now talent is very hard to get. Experience is very hard to get. Why? Because everybody wants it. Everybody's looking. Everybody's hiring. So if that's the case and you're finding uh, it a challenge to find super experienced people, my, my solution is hire your team members' assistants. Okay? So what, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean hire a brand new person that doesn't know mortgage and make him an LP2 and expect him to close your loans. Like that's not what it means. What it means is you let and you empower your LP2 to hire their own assistant with, of course, your blessing and, and, and you gotta, uh, interview them as well and make sure they don't hire their best friend and, or, 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 or whoever. But the point is, is that have them hire themselves an assistant so that way they could do more loans. Their capacity is higher. And they're more at the point of sale with clients. And now all of a sudden it's a win-win because they're bonus more because they're bonus on their production. And same time, too, um, your staffing issue is not as, uh, you know, dire as it was. And so I think a lot of people miss this, and a lot of people, like, hire brand new people like waitresses to be their LP2s because they were super nice to them. And while that works out sometimes, maybe, most of the time it doesn't. Because let's face it, who has the time to train right now? Who has the time to train themselves as a, a, a you know, as your team lead? And or how many of your team members have the time to train right now? No one. And so you do that, and it's funny because I get these off-week calls, and people are like, oh, my gosh, my team is falling apart and everything and this and this and this, and they keep making mistakes. And I'm like, oh, tell me about your LP, too. Oh, yeah, well, I, I, I had her for, for or him or for two months, and, you know, where did you get him? Oh, well, you know, I uh, I, I go to this uh, coffee shop, and they're phenomenal, and, and they always are so great. And so I figured, or, hey, you know, they just got out of college. Well, hey, look, here's the deal. You hire someone with no mortgage experience and you expect him to, to go contract to close, like, I'm sorry, but you're a freaking idiot, period. And for people that don't realize that and then they have questions, what's wrong with their team, the issue is you. And the, the faster you get there to realize, like, look, you hire an unexperienced person, they're training on your clients. So have the right expectations. Does that mean that it won't work out? Absolutely not. Does that mean that, you know, uh, that, like that your expectations should be the same? Absolutely not. You hire a brand new person, expect the clients that are going to call you and freak out they got wrong numbers. If you don't expect that, you're crazy. Like, like think about it for a second. Let's just be like real. A lot of us have been in the business for 15, 20, you know, some longer than that years. We've been through so many different markets and we hire somebody brand new from Denny's and expect him to contract to close, like, let's be real, guys. That's not going to happen. So instead of doing that, hire your team members' assistants. A couple of my team members got assistants, and they're doing way more. It's in under control. Uh, they love me for it, and it's flowing. That's, you know, the, the, the smart way to hire somebody brand new, okay? Next, uh, you got to utilize uh, your team for everything. What I mean by that is this. You know, one position I have my team is a marketing guy. And all he does is my marketing stuff. Well, guess what? Now with everything going on, he's doing more than marketing. So um, you got to make sure that your team members, whoever are, you know, whatever anybody's doing, I always tell people your primary role is an LP2 or, or, or an LP1 or a marketing person or, you know, an office manager or whatever they are, right? Your secondary role is whatever the team needs, okay? And that's our culture. And why is it our culture? And I think some of you guys could relate to this. Some of you guys might not be able to, but it's that scenario where you have somebody that comes in and says, well, that's not my job. How many of you guys had somebody come in and say, well, that's just not my job. And I think every one of us, 
like, or 99% of us. And if that's the case, that means that you are the reason why that's happening because you didn't set the right expectations. So my team members know your primary job is this. Your secondary job is whatever the team needs. Now, going back to different times, because right now the times are where we have more business than we can handle. But let's go back to 2000, end of 2017. Let's go back to beginning of 18 when most lenders were laying people off, with, when most, most mortgage companies were laying people off. When you go back to that time, well, why were they laying people off? Huh? Because they didn't have enough leads. Why didn't they have enough leads? They had an eight-person team, eight people, yet they didn't have enough leads. Why? Well, because the market. No, it wasn't because of the market. It's because their people were only LP2s or LP1s or whatever. And the fact is it wasn't whatever the team needs. So when that happened, and the company that I was with at the time, which was uh, Guild Mortgage, uh, most people had to cut either 25% of their team or some people up to half of their team. What we did differently was we sat down in a conference room, to, in a conference room and I said, hey, guys, here's the deal. Our struggle right now is leads. And you guys all know your primary role is what? LP1, LP2, whatever you are. But the secondary role is whatever the team needs. Right now what the team needs is leads. So here's the deal. We all need to and we are all responsible to bring enough enough bring in enough leads so that way we can do enough loans to keep our team together. So how are we going to do it? One is Every single person is going to call two agents a day. Two is every single person is going to write 10 thank you cards a day. Three is every single person is going to call two to be determined clients, meaning, uh, you know, clients on our lead tracker that haven't sent us docs that we started a prequal for and check in on them and update the agents and see where they're at and if they're ready right now. And so all of a sudden now you've added two agent calls, two thank you cards, two past, uh, uh, you know, leads that are unconverted to everybody. And let's say you have a 10-person team, right? You're Think about this for a second. You now have an additional 20 agent calls a day, which is what? 100 agent calls a week and 100 thank you, extra thank you cards a week, 100 extra clients in your lead tracker a week. That now all of a sudden are being reached out to as a team. So what happened for us? Well, all of a sudden, while most people's volume dropped, we boomed. Why did we boom? Because of the fact that there was no, well, this isn't my job or this is your job. And again, if your culture is like that, you've got to start planting those seeds. You've got to start changing that. So that's uh, another part to protecting your team right now. And in a different market, which that market is coming, we just don't know when, right? So anyway, so just something I think about hiring is if you need one person, hire two. And what's the cost of not hiring the person? I never view hiring as a cost. I always view it as an investment, okay? So that's the second part of my presentation. The next part is protecting your purchase business, which I'll get into once um, I want to open it up to maybe a question or two that people have about team. Um, if there are no questions, I'll keep moving. Okay, so we do have one question um, about team. So Michael Amin would like to know, um, how do you handle mistakes by your team members? How about when they make the same one twice? He said, I am a jerk like this to my team members, so I need to change. First off, you have to back up your team no matter what right now. My team members make mistakes. I call agents. I back them up. Uh, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, for those of you guys that don't know him, um, super successful guy in, in, in the marketing uh, world. Um, he's a motivational speaker as well. But I love how simple he is. He says that his job is to eat shit all day. And what he means by that is this, is when a client or a deal goes sideways, his job is to jump in and solve it and calm everybody down. So, the last thing you want to do is flip out on your team, especially right now. And so, sure, it might be their fault. They, trust me, most of the time, they get it. They know it. They feel horrible. 
And so what they're expecting from you is what? They're expecting you to go in there and be upset about them. So imagine, again, leadership moment when you come in and say, hey, look, I know we're busy. I know you didn't intend to do this. I know this happened. It sucks. You know, here is what, uh, you know, here's what would have solved it. I know it didn't happen on this loan. Let me call the agent for you. Let me call the client for you. Let me call them all and I'll smooth it out. And your team has 25 other loans that they're working on right now. Imagine what, how they're going to feel about you. And a lot of people miss that. Like leadership is key during the worst moments, not during the best moments. Anybody can lead a team when everything is running perfect. Great. Good for you. You are great when everything is great. Who cares? No one cares, right? Leadership is key when things are going bad. When things are going bad, when it's overwhelming, when the wheels are falling off the bus, when everybody's hitting the panic button and you rise up to the occasion and you not only impress everybody, but you absolutely shock everybody in your responses and your calmness and your execution. That, those are the moments that people hang on to, your team hangs on to forever. And a lot of people miss that. This is exactly why when we go back to part one, which is protect yourself and ask yourself, I am my best win. Those are the moments where you need to be your best. Those are moments when you got you to, gotta, you, gotta, you know, overlook your ego. Overlook everything that's been taught to you. Overlook everything and, and, and look at it from a super neutral point of view and say, my team members had my back all this time. I'm going to have their back regardless if it's their fault or not. And I think that's when you get by. And I don't think any team member wants to let you down. And I think in those moments, they're going to want to not only please you and impress you more than ever. So that's, the, that's, that's my answer to that. Perfect. And the last one we have about teams right now Benjamin Brutrude would like to know, um, he does not have an LP2. He's doing everything, contract to close, running all the pre-approvals and repower quotes by himself. Um, when hiring an LP2 in a market that lacks them right now, do you have any um, any tips for him? First off, Ben, you should you deserve a Medal of Honor for everything that you're doing. That's crazy. <laughs> I can't imagine. I don't envy you in any which way or shape or form. The one thing that I'll tell you, though, is, you know, the, the one part that you should blame yourself in is that you didn't hire quick enough. Um, but to answer your question, um, when hire, do you have any tips? Yes. Post job uh, ads everywhere. Craigslist, Indeed, Monster, whatever. Tell everybody and anybody. Post it on your social media. Tell your company. Um, at the same time, too, hire recruiting companies. Like, for example, Rick has a recruiting company. Okay, if your your company might have an internal recruiting company, you know one thing that I really love um, about the new company that I'm with and and, and uh, something that I've never experienced before is uh, they have an internal recruiting company. I told them what, what what positions I need, and I'm really really impressed by how fast they got me the people. It's just I've never seen it before. So the point is is with everything that you're doing, Ben, the last thing you have time for is to find a person, right? And so what you need to do is no matter how much it costs you to hire recruiting companies and everything else, you need to reach out to everybody. But the second part that I feel like people lack is setting a minimum standard. Like when I'm hiring an LP2, I'm very, very clear. If you don't have a minimum of three years experience in the business, being either a processor or an LOA contract to close to a, to, to a team, don't apply because I will not take you. Like a lot of people, they, hide, they they post these ads, and because they're afraid that people won't um, apply, they have all these like they have limited uh, and very 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 low barriers of entry, and then they get all these unqualified people or people that are not even in the business applying, and they wonder why. Well, here's the thing: when I when I'm searching for an LP2, my you know my standard is super high. Now the second thing that you could do, Ben 
and this is something that very few people do, is call your competitor's LPs and make him crazy offers. That's the second thing that you could do. Um, and I think that that's something that, I mean, I could spend an hour talking about how to do, and maybe we could jump on an off-week call about that. But that's uh, that's another way you could get LP2. Okay, so let me go on to the third part, which is protecting your purchase business. And I won't take, I won't spend too much time on this because we're out of time. But um, a lot of people right now, especially, and it's super easy as a loan officer to abandon your real estate agents, to abandon the tactics that you use to get real estate agents, to not do the daily disciplines that it takes because the volume is so great. And here is the deal, guys. That should scare. You know, I don't want to say any bad words, but that should scare a lot of things out of you because this these times will pass. And I think the biggest thing that we're going to realize in a you know in, in in six months or a year or two years, whenever this does pass, and it's going to be like the lights turned off when rates let's just say go to four and a half, or everybody in their and their mom has already been refied, and there is no more refis, or there's very very few of them. We're going to realize who in the shadows was executing with their agents and keeping their purchase business strong. So to do that, I have three things that I'm doing right now that are non-negotiables for me. Three things. One is Monday calls to agents from 11 to 4.30, five and a half hour calls. Doesn't matter what's going on. Doesn't matter if I have, like it does not matter. My team knows not come in my office. Do not email me during that time. Don't forward me anything. Don't text me. Don't call me. Like, I'm crystal clear. If I don't protect our our agents and our purchase business, this will all go away. So, number one is, number one of the non-negotiables is your Monday calls from 11 to 4.30. Second thing is, I must be meeting with at least one new agent a week. Okay. And I, and the reason why I say one is because a lot of us have dropped this habit. And because they're busy, we no longer are hunting for new business. I think you always have to be hunting, whether it's one or five or ten a week. The point is you cannot lose the daily discipline or the weekly discipline to go after new business, which has to do with whether it's Tuesday update calls or whether it's a new agent that you automatically from a client that you just pre-approved, whatever it is, whatever it is, the point of the matter is, um, Bed, go ahead, go after all my people. I feel great about them. So if you want to go after them, absolutely. Because here's the deal. Every single one of you guys, if you think, if you're naive to think your people are not being recruited, like, you're you, you like you're in a you're in a fantasy world. Every one of your team members is being recruited right now. So Ben, absolutely, if you want, I'll give you a list of all my people and you can call them all. Um, so anyway, going back to it, um, you must be meeting with new agents every single week, no matter what. If you're not, your purchase business will dry up. The second thing is um, mandatory Tuesday update calls, no matter what. If you're like for me, what I do is my Monday calls from 11 to 4:30. I want to call all the agents that are either I'm not getting leads from or we don't have anybody in contract with. But if there's an agent that we have leads, uh, that we have active deals going uh, uh, for us and everything else, if we have agents that are we're in the process, I won't call them on Monday, but my my Tuesday update calls. I'll do a mandatory, no matter what, at least 30 agents every single Tuesday. And I think that's the biggest missed opportunity in the core is uh, Tuesday update calls. Um, I, it, some of my best relationships happened through Tuesday update calls. And so, anyway, I just wanted to throw that up there, that, like, make that mandatory. Make that be a non-negotiable. And I think if you do those three things, Monday calls, 11 to 4.30. Always be meeting with at least one agent no matter what. And then three is the mandatory Tuesday update calls. I think that at the end of the day, um, you're going to protect your purchase business, and I think that's key. So with that said, I'll, I'll, I'll open it up for, for any questions. I understand we started uh, about uh, you know five to ten minutes late, so 
I'm okay with uh, going past this uh, for anybody that wants to stay on, that could stay on, that has questions. Perfect. So we do have um, one from Adam Kritikos. He said, what is the best way to motivate an LP1 that is struggling mentally? Um, well, first off, you have to understand why they're struggling. I think that's the key. And I think if you understand what the issue is and you could find a solution for them, I think mental struggle goes away when they know it's short term. When they think it's long term, then at the same time, too, um, that's when you start getting discouraged. So I think the key is really understanding what the struggle is, which might be a coaching opportunity for you. And at the same time, too, it might be uh, a moment for uh, what's it called uh, uh, for you to to, uh, uh, you know, change some of your systems around. Like, for example, um, we recently had an issue with our pre-approval managers, our PAMs. which I give all credit to to Lizzie Hopper. She came up with a PAM position, and she's I know she's no longer with the core, but she's absolutely pheno- a phenomenal originator and a great friend to me. And come up with a position of somebody that all they do all day long is pre-approve people. And some people, they have the need for it. Other people don't. But the point that I'm trying to make is my LP2s were struggling with the communication between our PAMs and them when that file got transferred. So what I did is I came up with, a submission log where I ask a bunch of questions that my PAMs now are required to fill out. And because they're required to fill out, um, now all of a sudden, um, all, you know, the communication has now gotten way better where, you know, they pretty much lay out everything that they know about a client and then the LP2 could take it from there. And so because of that, we're able to solve an easy you know, an easy problem that was, you know, very, very not only discouraging, but a big issue for for all of us as a team. For other people, it might be different. It might not be a situation where you're running into an issue with um, um, where it's a systematic issue. It might be just, hey, we're overwhelmed. And because we're overwhelmed, now all of a sudden um, what, what what happens is that uh, you know, your team member, if, if they don't realize that you got people that you're bringing in um, and that this is short term, then what, what happens is they're going to start looking elsewhere. So, again, I would say you, you need to identify the issue and make sure your team knows that you're taking action and it's short term. Perfect. Um, one more that we had. Um, Mark would like to know, how do you say no to a tough deal without hurting your relationship with the referring partner? Yeah, no, that's a challenging. And, and what I tell people is here's that that's a great question, by the way. Phenomenal question. So I get on the phone with the referral partner and I say, here, here's the deal. Right now, with everything that's going on with coronavirus, the chances of that loan closing is 20 percent. And if they try hard enough and go through enough lenders, they probably will get a deal. Here's the deal. If me and you work together and 80% of our clientele had a bad experience or fell apart, you probably would start or stop working with me. And so the reason why we unfortunately can't take this deal on or don't want to take this deal on is because there's an 80% chance it will fall apart. And we don't want your, you know, your, your impression to change about our team. We don't want, and at the same time, too, our team members to go through everything. Your client's going to hate us and everything else. Um, and, and, and so, you know, unfortunately, and, and I hate doing this, and this is such a tough, uh, uh, you know, position to be in, a tough call to make, is letting you know that there's a 20% chance, and we, we can't gamble on a 20% chance. So it's just, you know, maybe somebody else will. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of people that will. And there's some, some people that will tell you it's not going to be a problem. But the truth of the matter is 80% of the time this deal will, you know, will most likely get uh, turned down in underwriting. And so based on that, do, it, do, do what you, you wish with that client. 
but I'm just giving you the facts. And you could continue with because I care about you and your relationship is important to me and I don't want you to hate my team. But that's 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 the way I've been handling those calls. Perfect. Thank you so much, Oleg. This has been an amazing call um, with tons of tactics. So I'm I'm it was amazing to have you on here today. Um, we do have one more question. Do you want to take it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we do have one about your Monday calls. I'm going to kind of just combine two. Um, so Matt Westervelt would like to know, Oleg, do your Monday calls include prospecting to new agents or are you strictly just staying in touch with agents you're currently working with? Um, and then an anonymous asked if you could share your script for your realtor calls on Monday as well. Okay, so uh, as far as my Monday call strategy, that's like I, um, I have a specific strategy that I use. Um, I've recorded it a few times, um, and uh, I it would take way too long to cover it. It would take probably about 45 minutes to go through my Monday call strategy. If the core wants to share a script or, or a recording um, with how I do my Monday calls with certain people that reach out to them, it's up, completely up to them. As far as do I go after new business, absolutely. Uh, abs- and, and right now I'm actually getting a list pool, pooled of all of Ben's uh, real estate agents that he works with. So I'm going to start calling on them starting next Monday. Um, but 100%, you, gotta, you always have to go after new business no matter what. And I think if you're not, the struggle in that is that you don't realize that your real estate agents – there will come a time where they stop using you for whatever reason. Maybe you have outgrown them. Maybe they had a bad experience. Maybe some other lender wowed them, whatever it is. But if you're not constantly hunting for new agents, um, your your agent business will be dying. So here's, here's the thing. Um, you know, my take on that is that you, um, like I never, like my strategy is continue growing your agent. Like, absolutely continue growing them no matter what. Um, don't turn agents down. There's certain agents that you're not going to be calling on monthly, and that's okay. Um, there's certain ones that you're going to absolutely love and you're going to want to call all the time. And the key is, and, and a lot of people miss this, the key is to have enough agents where you want to call them all the time. Um, if, you don't, if you don't have a list of 40 agents that you're excited to call, you need to be building more agents, period. Um, and I think that's super important. Like when I have, I remember there was a time in my business where I dreaded my Mondays. I love my Mondays. That's my favorite day of the week. I, I love calling most of the agents that, I, that I'm working with. The agents that I'm calling on that are new agents, I love that too. Like it's just new business. I have fun with it. It's not emotional. It's very, very tactical. So anyway, and then um, somebody asked who I'm with. Um, I joined NFM Lending, uh, for those of you that want to know. So, anyway, um, any other questions? Like, I, I, I don't mind staying on to answer uh, questions. We do have one more from Rich Kimball. Um, he asked, how are you handling leads that come in through multiple forms of media? As an example, I get referrals from realtors through text, email, office voicemail, office text, shared mobile app, and cell phone voicemail. Um, so, I mean, so the answer is how do I, how do I handle leads coming in? Through, um, multiple forms of media. Sure. So, I mean, here's the deal. Um, my team is pretty advanced where we have, uh, you know, me and the two LP1s that all we do, we don't pre-approve people. All we do all day is take, take lead calls. So however it comes in, it funnels to the, to the same place, which is our lead tracker. And our lead tracker, our lead tracker that it funnels to, um, all of us spend time just pounding the lead tracker. And so, you know, however, however you're capturing it, even though it's, you know, five, six, seven places, it should still all end up in one spot. And wherever that one spot is, um, you have to have a system where you're constantly working that one spot. So my, my opinion doesn't matter. Like, hey, just make sure they all end up in the lead tracker and they get the proper attention and you have a system 
where like for us, we don't give up on elite till we've at least had seven touches with them and we update the agent each time. Um, we use a, we use a system known as Velocify, which is uh, a system with NFM, which is like a lead tracker on steroids. That's probably the best way to put it. That absolutely does so much for us in order to do extra touches and everything else with leads. Perfect. That is the last one we have for now. All right. Great. Um, well, thank you guys all for joining. Ben, uh, I'm totally messing with you, by the way. Uh, all I, I wish everybody a ton of love on this call and just, uh, I think, more than anything, be super neutral with what's going on in the business. Uh, be very, very realistic. And I think that sometimes you got to slow down and look around and realize what your systems are because we're all go, 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 go. And because we're all go, 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 a lot of times we don't realize the relationships and or team members that we're hurting by, you know, being all about just another deal. And I think that that's, you know, at the time and a place. But in our market right now, more than ever, that's the farthest that you want to be. You want to be very, very strategic, tactical um, in, in your approach and at the same time protective over what you spent years to build. Um, and I hope that that's the takeaway that everybody gets from this call. Perfect. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for being here today. I hope you got great information. Um, and also, we will have this recording ready for you um, sometime by tomorrow. Um, so if you need it, just reach out to your concierge. All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day.